And good afternoon, people, and welcome to another episode of The Word Encounter. And so, um, we ended uh, Leviticus, the book of uh, Leviticus, yesterday. And so, we're going to start in Numbers today. And so, let's give some background on the book of Numbers. Um, Numbers picks up where Exodus left off. Um, It recounts the events uh, that happened uh, one month later. uh, for the most part, after after that took place, and um, numbers covers the period uh, from the time that the Israelites departed Mount Sinai, and so if you recall, they went to Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai, and started uh, acting a little bit crazy, and and whatnot, and so the Lord Moses kind of came down on them, and then in the book of Leviticus, we see the Lord speaking to Moses giving him the Levitical laws and, and other things that the people had to abide by and how to go about uh, performing sacrifices and, 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 and various aspects of civil living. Um, and so then uh, Numbers begins uh, with the focus on the first generation out of Egypt. And so this is the first generation. These are the people that actually exited in, in the Exodus, and they're still around. And, and this is when um, Numbers picks up. <clears throat> and then it closes with the second generation. And so when Numbers ends, uh, it'll, it'll be the second generation of people uh, for all of the initial generation had died off uh, by that time. <clears throat> and so a major factor in uh, numbers is that the people are in the wilderness and there's they're they're living a nomadic existence and um you know wandering around and and that sort of thing and so the hardships of that uh start to come across in their frustrations and and that sort of thing and so they had to trust in the god that had performed many miracles before them and so they should trust in him but they'd never seen him or or anything like that and they had to trust on them for daily living, for basics of daily living. Every day, they had to demonstrate faith and trust in the Lord. And so this proved to be very difficult for the people to do. And so with that, let's get into the book of Numbers. In chapter 1, verse 2, the Lord tells Moses, Take a census of the entire Israelite community by their clans and their fathers' families, counting the names of every male one by one. You and Aaron are to register those who are 20 years old or more by their military divisions, everyone who can serve in Israel's army. And so take a census, count. And so uh, register the men, you know, count how how many do we have, what we're dealing with. And so if we go through the numbers, uh, clan by clan or family by family, remember the 12 tribes of uh, Israel, essentially the 12 sons of Jacob, and so, and this is some 400 some odd years later, and so things have grown, as you will see. And so then uh, we see here in chapter 1, uh, verse 21, those registered for the tribe of Reuben numbered 46,500. Those registered for the tribe of Simeon numbered 59,300. Those registered for the tribe of Gad numbered uh, 45,650. Those registered for the tribe of Judah numbered 74,600. Those registered for the tribe of Issachar numbered uh, 54,400. 
Those registered for the tribe of Zebulon numbered 57,400. Those registered for the tribe of Ephraim numbered 40,500. Those registered for the tribe of Manasseh numbered 32,200. Now let me talk about these two for a second, Ephraim and Manasseh. So if we go back uh, to Genesis chapter 48 and verse 3, let's read. Jacob said to Joseph, and so Jacob and Joseph have been uh, reunited in Egypt. God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. Verse 4, he said to me, I will make you fruitful and numerous. I will make many nations come from you, and I will give you this land as a permanent possession to your future descendants. Verse 5, your two sons, your two sons born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are now mine. And so Jacob is telling his son Joseph, Joseph, your two sons that were born to you in this land in Egypt, I'm essentially commandeering. They're now mine. <laughs> okay. And so um, Ephraim and Manasseh belong to me just as Reuben and Simeon do. Verse 6, children born to you after them will be yours and will be recorded under the names of their brothers with regard to their inheritance. And so <laughs> Jacob has essentially pulled rank and adopted Joseph's sons. And we see here that there is the tribe of Ephraim and the tribe of Manasseh counted as two of the 12 tribes of Israel. Israel was uh, Jacob. And so we see that their inheritance, they are inheriting things from Jacob, just like Jacob's direct sons did. And so um, we move on. Those registered to the tribe of Benjamin numbered 35,439. Those registered to the tribe of Dan numbered 62,700. Those registered to the tribe of Asher numbered 41,500. Those registered to the tribe of Naphtali numbered 53,400. In verse 45, so all the Israelites 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in Israel's army, were registered by their ancestral families. All those registered numbered 603,550. So we see there are over 600,000 able-bodied men to serve in the Israeli army. <laughs> now, if we do a little bit of math, you know, because we said that essentially Ephraim and Manasseh took Joseph's place, because you don't see Joseph's name uh, listed here as far as one of the 12 tribes, because his two sons essentially took his place. And so if Jacob had 12 sons, and then you take one away, Joseph isn't included here, that makes 11 sons. But then jo uh, Jacob's, excuse me, Joseph's two sons get added. That makes 13 tribes, not 12. Hmm. So where's the 13th? Well, there's Levi. So Levi was not accounted for in the census. Why? Because Levi, God took Levi to be his own. And so all of the Levites, those descending from Levi, were priests unto the Lord. So they were separated out. They weren't counted as one of the 12 tribes. And so in verse 47, it says, but the Levites were not registered with them 
by their ancestral tribe. For the Lord had told Moses, do not register or take a census of the tribe of Levi with the other Israelites. And so they aren't counted as one of the 12 tribes because they were to serve as priests unto the Lord for the entire Israelite community. And so we move on to chapter two and chapter two talks about how the camps are to be organized and a lot of details with regard to that. So let's go to chapter three. In chapter three, in verse five, the Lord spoke to Moses, bring the tribe of Levi near and present them to the priest Aaron to assist him. They are to perform duties for him and the entire community before the tent of meeting by attending to the service of the tabernacle. And so the Levites are to attend to the service, to the maintenance of preservation, construction, and all that, uh, uh, or operation, if you will, of the tabernacle. In verse 10, you are to appoint Aaron and his sons to carry out the priestly responsibilities but any unauthorized person who comes near the sanctuary is to be put to death. And so the Lord isn't playing about this, as we'll see later on in subsequent chapters, with regard to who he has assigned to do what. And so he has assigned the Levites the priestly duties, and only the Levites are to perform and execute the priestly duties. And so in chapter, in verse 14, uh, the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, Register the Levites by their ancestral families and their clans. You are to um, register every male one month old or more. So count every Levitical male one month old or older. And so Levi had three sons. And so the sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Murari. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Murari, whatever. Okay. And so they did the census, and the total number uh, of Levite males one year old or more that Moses and Aaron registered by their clans at the Lord's command was 22,000. So there were 22,000 Levites. And so we see that the Levites um, uh, had various duties, and so the three clans. And so the Kohatites, uh, they were too um, concerned with the most holy objects you know, the ark, the lamps, and whatnot. So they were the ones that make sure that they were set right, they were pre uh, presented right in the tabernacle and that sort of thing. So that was their responsibility. Then we move on to the um, Kirshanites, and their work was involving transporting the tabernacle because whenever the glory cloud of the Lord lifted and the whole Israelite clan moved, they had to move the tabernacle. And so the Gershonites were responsible for moving the tabernacle. And then we see that the, the Merarites, uh, they were responsible uh, for uh, the, con the, the construction and deconstruction of the tabernacle, the pillars, the crossbars, the bases. And so their job was to put it up and take it down. The Gershonites' were, job was to move it. And so those were the responsibilities, you know, of the Levites. Um, in verse uh, chapter 5, we get into some more details about what's considered clean and unclean. And so we're going to move on to chapter 6. I'm just going to read this from verse 1 to verse 8. The Lord instructed Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them when a man or woman makes a special vow, a Nazarite vow, to consecrate himself to the Lord. He is to abstain from wine and beer. He must not drink vinegar vinegar made from wine 
or from beer. He must not drink any grape juice or eat uh, fresh grapes or raisins. He is not to eat anything produced by the grapevine from seeds to skin during the period of his consecration. Verse 5, you must not cut his hair uh, throughout the time of his vow of consecration. He may be holy until the time is completed during which he consecrates himself to the Lord. He is to let uh, the hair of his head grow long. He must not go near a dead body during the time he consecrates himself to the Lord. Uh, he is not to defile himself or his father or mother. Who is not he is not to defile himself for his father or mother or his brother or sister when they die, while the mark of consecration to his God is on his head. He is holy to the Lord during the time of consecration. And so we see that the Nazarite, the Nazarite vow is something taken very seriously. I, I would analogize it today to when we decide to go on a period of uh, prayer and fasting uh, for something before the Lord. And so uh, why people went on a Nazarite vow was probably up to them. They had something they wanted to present before the Lord, but it was a temporary thing. Uh, we see that, uh, like for uh, instance, in, in verse 20, you know, after all this has been done, after he's done things right, done things right, the Nazarite uh, may drink wine again. And so this was a, a temporary thing. They went before the Lord, consecrated themselves in order to present themselves unto the Lord as holy so that something um, could be accomplished. And so, and probably two of the most famous Nazarites, and they were lifetime Nazarites, were Samuel and Samson. And so, um, and we see, we'll get into to some issues that Samson got into with regard to his hair. Um, then we move on at the close of chapter 6. Verse 23, or verse 22, the Lord spoke to Moses, said, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, verse 24, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. And this is exactly what I say unto you. Have peace, brothers and sisters. Tomorrow we'll pick up 